0: well I invite you to turn with me this morning we are in the book of Exodus as you can see around here we have a a moving theme we're gonna be spending several months looking at God's call to a people that he wanted to move and uh, in this case it was to move actually geographically from from Egypt to a promised land, to a place where they were enslaved in bondage, to a place that was much better. It was a redemptive, one of the most powerful redemptive stories in the Bible. The reason it's so important is because God is interested not just in moving the people of Israel to a better place, but he's interested in moving all of us to a better place. If you met Jesus, I would say you're in a better place now than than you probably were at a previous point in your life. And so, uh, the Bible says very clearly, in fact, the New Testament says in a couple spots that, you know, these Old Testament books were written so that we would be able to learn lessons for our lives. And so, that's what we're looking at this morning. And I'm going to invite you, it'll be up on the the wall, but I'm also going to invite you to turn to Exodus chapter 3 and... We're going to walk through verses 1 through 6. So follow along with me as we read this story. We'll break it up into about three parts this morning, walk through it, and then make some applications to our own lives. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Moses is 80 years old. His life so far can be divided into two chapters. He's about to begin the third chapter of his life. The first chapter amounted to forty years, and uh, he lived in Pharaoh's court. If he lived today, he li- he you could say he lived in the White House. It was posh. It was nice clothes. He was the best of transportation, he had access to anything, there was probably never a thought about food, shelter, or anything that he needed in his life. He was among the elite. But we saw, as we saw in chapter 1, for Israel, life can change very quickly, can it? We've all experienced that, where life is just going along, and all of a sudden, everything changes. And so it was about to happen for Moses. And at the end of that 40 years, in just one moment, in, in just the swing of one arm, his whole life would change for the next 40 years. And in killing that Egyptian taskmaster, Moses would become a fugitive on the run, hiding out in the land of Midian. And so we see in the middle of the night, he fled, somehow crossed the area of the Red Sea and went into the wilderness. And there he would spend the next chapter of his life. It was a wasteland, but as Joe shared with us last week, it was not a wasted land in his life. God has a way of using everything in our life to accomplish his purposes. And so this second chapter, which would again amount to 40 years, would take place in the land of Midian. You know, I've known young couples that have, I've asked them if they're thinking about children, they said, no, I think we'll get a dog first. I don't know if any of you did that. It's kind of like, well, we want to practice on the dog, all right? Yeah, poor dog. (laughs) And then poor kids, right? So like what's, you know, the puppy's up in the night and you get used to that, but it's a dog, right? You know, it's almost like God is saying here, okay, Moses, for 40 years I want you to try this out with sheep. Lead them around. Learn how to be patient. Learn how to care for them. Learn the lay of the land. Learn the best places to camp. Because you know what? In your next assignment, you're not going to be herding sheep. You're going to be herding a million and a half Israelites. And you know what? It's going to be 40 years in this place. In this very place I am bringing you to. You know that when Moses went into the wilderness, the place he took them was a place he'd spent 40 years. He knew every crook. He knew every cranny. He had ranged those sheep far and high and low all across that Sinai area. God doesn't waste anything in our lives. And so now in chapter 3, he's about to begin the third chapter of his life the third 40 years of time and this chapter is going to be different this chapter is going to be way different this one will not be uh, accomplished on moses abilities and skills which he had developed and I, i think those are important i think god uses a lot of things in our lives to develop us to develop our character to develop our abilities to develop our experience But this third chapter of Moses' life was going to take him way beyond his own experience and way beyond his abilities. Moses had already seen what he could accomplish in trying to free the people of Israel. I mean, he killed one slave master with his hand, and he ended up running for his life. Something big, something really big was about to happen, and God was getting ready to move. So, it was probably just another day. Moses was up early. Maybe he had breakfast with his wife. Took off, headed out. Out among the bushes in the desert. Thousands of bushes. Just common, everyday bushes. And then he he noticed something strange. He noticed that one of those bushes was on fire. Now, that wasn't... uh, that wasn't something that didn't happen i'm sure he'd seen that before in the hot dry desert areas these very tinder dry bushes at times had started on fire but it was it was interesting as he as he looked as he looked at this bush you know these are dry bushes these, these bushes go up like Christmas trees, right? We have a tradition. In fact, last night it was my grandson's birthday, so we went out and did our annual burn the Christmas tree. <clears throat> and uh, we go out and we, I take a gallon of gas and <clears throat> make a little trail through the woods and light it, and we watch it go up and poof, you know? And I, I thought, I said, oh, Jeff, and I was watching this, I'm going, this is, this is just like my sermon tomorrow. I said, Jeff, get your camera. Maybe I can show a picture. This looks just like the burning bush. Okay? By the time Jeff got his camera out, it was gone, right? They're up just like that. So Moses sees his bush on fire, but it's it's still burning. And he looks and the, the bush is not burning. Now we all know that if the only way fire can be that fire is energy and heat. But it has to consume something, and it's not consuming the bush. So what's it consuming? It's consuming. It's being burned. Its source is something other than the bush itself. And so Moses looks at this, and notice what he says in verses 3 and 4. I will go over and see this strange sight. Why? The bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. And so he, he, he goes over and he, he notices, he, he turns aside to see, to see what was there. Now, if you go back to verse 2, there's a, this is what caught my attention. said, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. And so Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn. And so here we see that when Moses was out there, this wasn't, in fact, the amazing thing was not the bush on fire. The amazing thing was that there was an angel in the bush. There was an angel in the fire. And so, the angel is called the angel of the Lord. Now, we see four appearances of this angel in the book of Genesis. We see two in Exodus. We see it in Judges, Joshua, 2 Samuel, the angel of the Lord. Just about every time, most of the times that that is used, it is an Appears from everything in the text that it is an actual manifestation of God Himself. Some feel maybe it's God the Son, Jesus Christ, uh, manifesting Himself through the angel. In some situations, people see an angel and they know it's an angel, like Gabriel that came to Mary. But this was different. There's not too many angels that tell you to, that told the people they were visiting to take off their shoes. And so we see this is holy ground. This is, and, and Moses hid his face because it says in the text he, he, he could not bear to look at God. And so we see that this angel of the Lord appears to him. And so here's what the angel says to him. Follow along with me. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. on this mountain, Sinai, the very place where those Ten Commandments would be given to Moses in the days ahead. So he says, I've heard the cry of Israel, I've seen what's going on, and so Moses, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to, get, to release my people, and Moses asks a very logical question. A very logical question. He says, God, who, who am I, to go to pharaoh i have no clout i'm I'm a fugitive i'm I'm hiding from pharaoh like what am i supposed to do walk in and say hi pharaoh it's me moses remember me i'd like you to let a million and a half people go out on a three-day vacation in the desert moses knew it would be ridiculous he might as well plan his funeral and yet the ESV really has it, has it right there. And God said, but, but, Moses says, who am I? But I will be with you. Moses, I'm going with you, okay? Moses says, how is this going to happen? I'm going with you. If God's with you, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So in verses 13 through 23, Moses has a long discussion with God. And God is very patient with Moses. He understands our frailty. He understands how we think. He understands that we don't always get that God can and may be going to do the impossible. And so he he tells Moses exactly what's going to happen. He says, okay, Moses, here's what I want you to do. You're going to go to the elders of Israel? then you're going to go to Pharaoh, and you're going to tell Pharaoh that you want, you're going to ask him to release the people for three days. By the way, Pharaoh wasn't asked to let the people go from his land. They just asked for three days to go out and worship their God, and then come back. But Pharaoh, of course, wouldn't even allow that. And so, you're going to go, Pharaoh's going to say, no way, and then I'm going to start doing some wonders, because it's going to take wonders to convince Pharaoh to let you go. And in the end, in the end, he will let you go. And not only that, but when you leave, I will put a spirit of generosity in the heart of all of the Egyptians. And they will give and give and give to you, and you will go out with, with not with, as poor people, but you will go out as rich people. That's what's going to happen. Look at verses 13 through 15. Moses said to God, Well, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you ought to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, of the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. So Moses says, when I go, they're going to say, well, who is this God that sent you? What's his name? Because all the gods of Egypt had names. God said, you know know what my name is? In fact, he didn't really, really even tell him his name. He said, "Tell them that I am has sent you, because I am who I am." You know, when you when you name when someone comes into existence, you give them a name, right? When a child is born, when you give them a name. God never came into existence. God doesn't need a name. He just is. And so God is just saying, look, I, I'm not like your other gods. You're not going to list, okay, this is a God of so-and-so and the God of so-and-so and the God of so-and-so. And no, I'm the God of... No, God is not going to weigh in on the same level as any other God because he is the only God. He doesn't need a name. He is who he is. And, and that phrase, I am... God says, you know what? I don't need a name. I just, I am. I just exist. And so when Jesus was here, and the, you know, the Pharisees talked to him, and Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. They knew exactly what he was saying. It says they picked up stones to stone him. He was saying, I am God. He does tell them. He does use the word Yahweh there. When you see Lord capitalized The word Lord is the word Yahweh, and that's who it is. It's the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. This is the God that's coming. So, here's a summary. This day started like a very ordinary day. Moses got up, but I'll tell you, it didn't end that way. And nothing would be the same for Moses after that burning bush. Nothing would be the same. Jethro would have to find a different guy to look after his sheep. Moses' time had come. And now instead of, you know, steering those little sheep around the desert, he was going to be going to the most powerful man on the face of the earth and asking for the release of his people. Everything would change. It would be hard. But God would be with them, and he would accomplish all of his purposes. So this morning, in these next about 10 minutes here, let me just, let's talk about, let's talk about the application, because the Bible says that these things are written for us. You seen any burning bushes recently? I think we have burning bushes. That's the first point in in the application here. I think we all have burning bushes in our lives. Burning bushes are things that God uses to get our attention when he's wanting to speak to us, when he's wanting something he wants to do through us. God uses burning bushes. They come in all shapes and varieties and all kinds of forms. Sometimes it might be a prayer time. You know, just where God speaks into your life in such a powerful way that it, it, it just really, really gets your attention. Or maybe it's a scripture passage. You get up, you have your devotions, you read your scripture, but one day you're reading a passage, and, the, and that, that passage is just so powerful, and, and you, you feel like God is, is interrupting you. He's, he's you know, you're, you're turning aside because you notice there's something different. Maybe it's a conversation. I've had conversations with people. I've had thousands of conversations with people, but every once in a while there's a conversation and somebody will say something and it'll just interrupt me. And I'll go, I think God was speaking through that person. Sometimes it could be a vision, a dream. Not real common, but those things happen. Sometimes it's an event or a circumstance that comes up in your life. I've had times when I was praying, or or someone would come upon my mind, and I just couldn't get that person off my mind. And like I'm trying to be about what I'm doing, but God is interrupting me. That's a burning bush. God has some purpose that he's trying to accomplish. Casey, even following Casey, slid into second base wrong last summer, and Really messed up his leg. And here you are, you're you're a church planner, and you got all this energy to start and now you're laid up for months. It's a burning bush. It's like maybe a trip to the wilderness for Moses and you can't figure out why you're spending this time in this place, but God's using it. He has purposes in it. I remember the day I graduated from seminary and I got on my... Honda 350 motorcycle in the Twin Cities, and I was going up to start my first job, and I got in, in Blaine, Minnesota, and an 18-year-old high school senior who would just gotten her license, I was just going down the road, and she turned right in front of me, <clears throat> didn't even see me, caught my right knee in the bumper, spent six days in Unity Hospital, I'm going. God, this makes no sense. What are, you, what are you trying to teach me? I was ready to go save the world. I was, go, I was ready to go, and I had all these plans, everything I, 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 I was going to do. It's like God would say, no, you're not. <laughs> I need to do this. <clears throat> so I'm just going to uh, put you up for a while, and God used that time. He always uses those times uses the hard times in our lives. I remember a conversation. When I came home, I had a teaching degree in health and physical education. I stopped in to see my pastor and he said, Have you ever thought of going to seminary? I'll tell you, when I got up in the morning, that, that was not something I had on my mind. That was an interruption. I, I had never thought that way. And so, those, those powerful times, those burning bush times come in our lives. We all have them. Here's the second point is that when those burning bushes come, we need to turn aside. And we need to hear God. You know, the, the verse, what caught my attention when I read this was that Moses, it says that Moses turned aside when he saw the bush, and it says, God noticed that Moses turned aside. Because Moses could have just kept walking that day. Ah, just another bush that's burning. But, but he took the time to go, and, and as God saw him take the time, God spoke to him in that moment. We, we need to keep our eyes open. We need to listen because we can walk right by those, those burning bushes in our lives. It was uh, Joshua Bell was the name of the guy. Anybody know who Joshua Bell is? <clears throat> okay, Joshua Bell is one of, one of the greatest violins in the world, the violinists in the world. People pay, uh, he sells out every place he plays, $100 tickets, So the Washington Post had him go play in Washington, D.C. at the Metro Station. Thousand people go through there every day. And he was there. He played six pieces uh, of Bach and just an amazing violinist. He was playing on a three and a half million dollar violin. Six people stopped. Four of them were children whose parents were pushing them along. I think the children maybe had more understanding as to what was going on. And the Washington Post said, you know, as they, were, as they were thinking about, as they were talking about this, they said, if people don't have time to stop to hear one of the greatest violinists in the world, how many other things are we just walking by? You can just walk by a burning bush and so we have, to, we have to turn aside. You know, Moses had walked by a, a, a lot of, of bushes. And, and let me just say this. Moses spent 40 years, okay? 40 years. And then he saw a burning bush, and God had an assignment for him, and it changed his life. Uh, let's not forget that there are times when the bushes aren't burning, Right? Maybe you're a mom. You're home with your kids every day. Maybe that's a season of life. Maybe it seems kind of routine. Same thing over and over. You just go to work. Same thing over and over. When Moses just went to work, all those sheep, same thing, 40 years every day, but then one day. One day it changed. Sometimes we need to be content. We, We can't. You know, we can't start lighting bushes on fire ourselves. Because you know what? When we do that, they just burn up. There's power when God's in them, but if we're just burning. And some, you know, some people always have to have a bush burning. And life isn't always like that. You know what amazes me? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is here for 33 years. In the first 30 years, we hear almost nothing. What did Jesus do in the first 30 years? Just imagine, 30 out of 33 years, what did he do? He just got ready for what God had for him in those final three years. So we just need to be ready, and and we need to be open. And, And when God brings us a bush, then we need to hear what he's saying. And if God doesn't bring us a bush, we just need to be faithful with living out our lives and doing what God has called us to do and going to work and doing those things. But when a bush does come, let's, let's not just keep going. Let's, let's stop and, and see what God has for us. Let's turn aside. And then lastly, we need to act. So we need to turn aside, and, and when God is speaking to you, when God gets your attention, maybe it's in the prayer time, maybe it's in a Scripture passage, Maybe it's through an event in life, whatever it is, through a conversation. When God gets your attention and he speaks to you, then act. We have to act. Burning bushes are an invitation to partner with God in what he's doing. To join into God's purposes. It was Richard Rohr who said, "First First the fire burned for him, then it burned in him. And then it burned through him. And so the day came when Moses had to get up and take that walk to Pharaoh's court and knock on his door and say, Pharaoh, it's me. I've got a word for you from God. I wonder what his stomach felt like that morning when he got up. We have to act. I remember... uh, I remember an overseer retreat in Rozo out at a hunting shack in Beltrami Forest. We were out there, and there was a 70-year-old overseer there, and he was sharing his story. And this man, I had never seen him emotional, but he just broke down and wept. And he said, when I was in high school, he said, I had an ability to memorize Scripture that was... Amazing, I said, he said, I believed it was a gift from God. And he said, I felt God calling me into the ministry. And he said, I didn't do it. He said, I have regretted that for 50 years. And he just, he just wept. Because he felt like God had called him and, and he didn't act. And so he had missed out. Had had God been with him? Absolutely. I think he felt like he'd circled the desert for about the majority of his life when he could have gone into a land that God had been calling him to. We have to act. We have to act. Collectively, as a church, as, as we go into this new year, you know, we've celebrated Things God has done in our past, and you know, whether it be our time in Ukraine or our, our, we've talked about you know our, our mortgage to mission and a number of our mission things, and, and now most recently the Philippines and and church planting and, and all the things that God has graciously allowed us to do. But we had to we had to listen and we had to act, and and we can't we can't live off the past. And so as we move into this new year. This morning, in just a moment, we're going to just celebrate what God has done. But we want to be attentive. We want to be listening. We want to be joining God in what he wants to do. We have, we have no idea what that is. But over these next few months, as we'll just keep reminding you to pray. We're, we're going to be coming together, and we're just going to be thinking about trying to seek what God is saying to us. And... And, and what he wants to do in and through us. For Moses, it was, go to, it was to go to Pharaoh and, and see a whole people released and set free from bondage. Now, so what might that be in, in our lives? What that might be in your life? And so, this morning, uh, I invite you, as you think about 2019, we need to keep our eyes open for, for burning bushes and for what God is calling us together to do. Father, I, I thank you for this story, and it was written that we might learn. And what we see here is that you are a redemptive God, you're, you're at work, and you use your people. You use your people to accomplish your purposes. And so we want to be available. We want to be attentive. We don't want to walk by the things that you have. So I pray for each of us today. Lord, this is true for us personally in each of our own lives as we live out our week. Father, there are things that you want to accomplish in people's lives through us. But We need to listen and then we need to act. Collectively as a church, Father, what, what you're saying to us, we need to listen. And then we need to be willing to act. And so we pray that by your Spirit you might just keep that You might keep this lesson before us in the days ahead. Father, we want to just uh, acknowledge what you have done and uh, as we watch this video now and then conclude our service. And and, uh, we are just grateful for the people, the faces that we're going to see in this video and the lives that you have touched. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.